Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Com and definitely check out those shows as well. I hope you'll all check out the all-new Zibby Mag, Z-I-B-B-Y-M-A-G, the literary lifestyle destination with essays, book news, a lit lifestyle feature, and even some classes. Check it out, zippymag.com. Alyssa Rosenheck is the author of The New Southern Style, The Interiors of a Lifestyle and Design Movement. Alyssa is a speaker, a best-selling author, a leader in interiors and architectural photography, and an expert in helping others tap into their creative courage and healing. Nationally, Alyssa has been recognized as a business leader, named one of the leading interior and architectural photographers in the country by Architectural Digest, and the voice of the New South in outlets like Forbes, The Washington Post, InStyle, Good Housekeeping, Good Grit, and People magazine. Alyssa has an unparalleled approach to being a purpose-driven visual storyteller for her clients while also helping communities tap into their creative courage with her first book, The New Southern Style. Readers get an all-access pass into the conversations and home tours of more than 30 creative entrepreneurs. More than 47,000 words, Alyssa's mission with this project is to support the reader through life pivots, inspire creative courage, and encourage us all to be our own agents of change. Alyssa is amplifying the voices of the next generation of creatives and turning messages into movements. I had the pleasure of meeting Alyssa in person when I was in Nashville doing an event at Parnassus for Princess Charming, and we had a lovely coffee with Kyle, and she is just so warm and likable, and I'm excited to share her with all of you. Welcome, Alyssa. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for everybody making time to listen. Oh, that's so sweet. So we met, when did we meet? You were a panelist. You were, we were both in a Zoom or something and I looked up your book and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to have this book and it looks amazing. Like, what, what was that? I don't even remember where we were. We were, I chimed in uh, with the Jewish book series. You were hosting an event Zoom virtual event. And I just 
fell in love with everything that you were saying and you were so approachable. And who are we, who are you? Claire, were you interviewing? I think her name was Claire. Claire Gibson. Maybe. 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 Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you guys were just having a really beautiful, no, no. it was a book. It was a book that it was an LA author and she, I think is a TV producer as well. And she was writing about love and loss and it just was Melissa a really Gold. Mm-hmm. Melissa Gould. Yeah. yeah. Widow, Widowish. That's yeah. yeah. It was a beautiful conversation, really approachable, really relatable. Oh my gosh. Well, since and, and then I chimed in and I was eating powdered donuts and wearing a black shirt <laughs> and I was mortified, but it was, it was good. No, no, because you're so loved by the local bookstore. And um, then I bought, and I think my husband was on it too, because I bought your book, then he bought your book, then you sent us your book. And anyway, describe your book for everybody listening, because it is this gorgeous coffee table book with the exact design aesthetic that like we wish every room in our house looked like basically. (laughs) Now I want you to come and like redo our house or whatever. No, I mean, I love my house, but anyway, (laughs) it's not obviously just the design aesthetic, but so much more. So tell us all about it. Thank you. The New Southern is essentially, it's a movement and it's grounded in community where I'm showing how we are humanizing our differences through the lens of creativity and building bridges and I'm sharing really important conversations that take you through life pivots, how to navigate deep curiosity and creative courage. And for me, creativity is something that I personally can tell you that it saved it saved my life. And I wrote it at the time, backing up a little bit. My career is I'm an interiors and architectural photographer. And I wanted to see more substance in an industry that celebrated style. And it was really important for me to bring a new conversation to the table that I had not seen and in a very niche industry. And so is creativity a silver bullet solution? No, but it certainly brings everybody to the table and it is a truth teller and it connects us to community. And if we pursue it in a really vulnerable and honest way, It's also a companion to healing. How did creativity save your life? Oh my goodness. (laughs) We could just just answer that the rest of the time. I'm going to settle in. I know. uh, I feel like right now, and I, I, my book pubbed in 2020. And so right now I still feel like creativity mothers me. It roots me. It reminds me to be really present and tethered to my moment. And those are moments that are often so fleeting and lost. And so originally, um, I was diagnosed with cancer at 32 years old. And up until that point, I had been living my life, chasing these arbitrary levels of success, going a million miles per hour. I don't know if I was really rooted or paying attention to what was nourishing me and filling me up. I didn't even know what that meant. I was living from a really strong place of fear, of lack, of constantly having this fear of the rug being pulled out from underneath me, being fueled by the way I grew up in childhood. And that's not good. You're missing the present moment when you're making choices from past experiences. And that's what I was doing. And so when you hear you have cancer, I had thyroid cancer. It's a very survivable form, but we thought it had bred to my lungs briefly at the time. And that's when it it really grounded me in my stillness. And that was the first time I took time to be still and really start navigating my life and taking stock in 
where I wanted to go, what I wanted my life to look like. And essentially, I had to break my old life and rebuild something more beautiful for myself. And so what did that look like? Tell me about that. And also, wait, go back to the moment where you thought it had spread to your lungs and then you found out it hadn't. Where? Tell me about that and who was around you and what that was like. I was at the kitchen table with my husband. My His name is Ben and he is my best friend. And he's in healthcare. He's a head and neck cancer surgeon and he actually diagnosed me. And we met at a bar. We did not meet during this journey. And we were at the kitchen table and we were looking at scans and we both had this moment. I have benign tumors in my lungs. And we briefly had this moment of, oh my goodness. And I started weeping in his arms and saying how I wanted him to get remarried. And oh, I know it's still, it's still, I still get so emotional about it because, you know, life's about connection and it's about those pure moments that aren't on social media and aren't, you know, in this external world. And it's about love and who you bond with. And he was my greatest supporter during that journey. Oh, (laughs) no, but it, it honestly was such a gift that gave me so much more than it took away because it woke me up. And at that time, I really started to, to heal from the inside out instead of having this external world tell me what I needed. And I picked up a camera and it was a healing catharsis during this period in my life. And it it felt like a form of prayer for the first time. It felt like I was in a moving meditation. It brought me stillness. It brought me peace. And it connected me to parts that I thought were forever lost. And I rediscovered parts of myself that I never even knew existed. And so it was such a key to building a new life that had color and fulfillment and connection, deep connection. Wait, and go back to the amazing moment when you realized that the tumors were benign. Let's just like finish this out. I literally was, he was holding me and I was crying hysterically. And I feel like it was the first point through the cancer journey, post-surgery, finally getting cleared that I recognized that I actually had cancer. I initially treated it like a common cold. I was like, okay, fine. I heard you, but I really didn't. I'm still going to move throughout it. And then um, had surgery, had a, a few complications, were waiting for final scans. I was really grateful and didn't have to have radiation or chemo. And um, we were just, it was late at night. I still remember he was wearing maroon scrubs. And I literally crawled into his lap and he just held me while I wept. And then we like, finally, he did more research and called and he was like, okay, you're clear. And I was like, holy shit. (laughs) But it was that moment. And I remember it so vividly. Wow. Sorry, I'll I'll stop making you go back there. (laughs) I know. Watching the movie of your life in my head and like, just like feeling it. So, but it, it woke me up and I feel like, life speaks to us and it's whether or not we are listening and we get so busy. We operate from our phones and our calendars and our schedules and other people's expectations. And I cleared out all of that clutter and really dove into this creative pursuit with interiors and architectural photography. It started out as this companion to healing and it developed into 
something really purposeful where I'm able to support small businesses, female-owned small businesses, which is really important to me, and exercise my creativity every day. And I had been doing that for about five, six years before I really had the courage to pursue the book, which was what I wanted it. I wanted it to be filled with stories of life pivots, of taking chances, also having a really honest view of the region of this country that I live in. I live in the South and growing up as a young independent Jewish woman, making my way to Tennessee and working in a very homogenous industry, it just opened my eyes to see how much more progress we needed to make and we weren't making. And this book, I don't know how this happened, but I do feel like it was like a divine download for me to write during a specific time in history that was filled with so much division and tension and unrest and all of it. And to me, I'm really proud of this body of work. It's It was a leap of faith. I never thought I could write a book of this magnitude and photograph it. That's why <laughs> I look back and it, you know, when you give birth, you forget about all the pain. I feel like I've had that amnesia a little bit, but it's it's important conversations. And I think the more we can teach how to explore curiosity and healthy discourse and ways to not always agree, but come back together and use creativity as our own personal healing tool and a community builder, I just think that needs to be our, our way forward even in today. Okay, we can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life 360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use. So I got it. And now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you. And it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose a 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus or when my husband gets to LA or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and it makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life 360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life 360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. So you could have written this book without any of your beautiful pictures. 
right? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't, it, w- it could have taken many shapes and forms. Mm-hmm. How did you decide on making it look the way it did? I wanted the cover of the book. It's an empty chair. And the feeling I want you to have is to sit down and stay a while with me. And I wanted there to be an element of warmth. I also wanted there to be an element of shadows and light and style and substance. And I liked that dichotomy because we can't all have just hard conversations all the time. And I wanted it to be, I wanted the images to be an invitation to have deeper connection. And I also wanted the images that are light-filled and hopefully inspiring, you know, to where you can inspire your the four walls of your home where you you live in and you love in and you laugh in and you grow in and you heal in. And you become more intentional with the things that you're incorporating in your home to hopefully be a reminder of where you want to be going or the change that you want to be making with your immediate family or with your community. And so it's there's a lot of layers and there's something for everybody. And I wanted, I wanted that was my intention. Wow. <laughs> no, I love it. Tell the story that you told me when we were together in Nashville about um having to like desperately call up your friend for the chair. Oh, nightmare. <laughs> Total nightmare. When you are a creative with a vision or an author with a dream, you know, and you, when you start to pursue that path, there are a lot of opinions trying to change that vision. And the biggest thing I was doing at this time, I was really focused on being an advocate for my aesthetic and my vision and to really have the visuals match the content of the character of the project. And we were in a big debate with my publisher about the cover. (laughs) And I'd been sitting on a cover for like five months, real confident. My agent and I are like, it's iconic. It is amazing. It's going to, they're going to love it. We had the initial meeting and they didn't love it. And so (laughs) they were like, we need, this was a Friday afternoon. And they're like, we need, three options by Monday. And I was like, wow. So I was like, okay, gotta go. And I called my friend who owns this great shop here in town. It's called NMB Home. And they source beautiful antiques and treasures and just weathered moments of just goodness you want to have in your home all over the world. And I called him and I was like, hey, I need to come to your warehouse. I'm bringing my truck. And he's like, come on. And I loaded up my truck, loaded up all these chairs. I had like seven different (laughs) antique vintage chairs in my car. And I have a studio at the house. And I spent all weekend just exhausting because I was like determined that I needed this cover to be fully representative of something that I wanted and inspired my heart. And I just didn't stop until I had it. And so something, and it's very simple cover and I love it. And that's really my style. And again, there's symbolism in wanting you to sit and stay a while. I love that. But they had a totally different opinion. Everybody has, everybody has a a opinion about what Southern style is. Mm. And the book is really, it's disguised as a style book. It's not a style book. And, you know, they, they wanted something floral and with a doily. And I just, no, 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 no. (laughs) I stayed, I stayed true to my roots here. No doilies, (laughs) not for this book. (laughs) 
How so? When I was in Nashville, you had the book for sale everywhere, including at the Draper James store, with all the Reese Witherspoon fans sort of swarming about. How did you get your book in there, and how do you get your book into lots of places aside from just a bookstore? Oh my goodness! How do you? I mean, you've you're all over the place. You are on all the Good Morning shows and CNN, and like amazing. Congratulations! It's a labor of love. It's teamwork. and it's connections and it's relationships and it's cultivating, you know, really inspired. Like I, when I set out to write the book, I'm a big believer of having a plan and working the plan and cultivating my relationships and the ones that really inspire my heart. And I love what Reese is doing and has done. And she's just such a pioneer with her production company and Draper James is a really just confident, whimsical, ethereal brand and makes women feel good from the inside out. And it's funny and fun. I'm actually wearing a Draper James dress from like five years ago right now, I swear. (laughs) I'm almost positive. I'm trying to say, I'm almost positive that's where it's from. But anyway, it's one of my favorites. And keep going. I just realized I don't usually do that, but I am today. she She has an incredible team of women and they work really hard and they are really supportive and it was a no brainer to put her in this project. It wouldn't have been complete without the brand. Wow. So neat. So how do you now go about life? I know you've woken up, you've discovered moments of stillness, you have found your passion, you found your creative outlet, you're getting all this industry wide and recognition and all of this great stuff. But do you ever worry like in the middle of the night about the cancer returning? Or do you ever worry about what if life goes a different way? Or is there something you're not doing? Like, what do you worry about in the middle of the night? I don't like to spend my moments in worry. And trust me, not not everything. (laughs) You know what? That's such a presumptive presumptive (laughs) question. Like, I worry all night. I just assume everybody else worries in the middle of the night. That's terrible of me. Of course, you might not worry in the middle of the night. I am a, I will say I am very fortunate. I love to sleep. I am like a great sleeper at night. However, you know, my days are certainly not glossy and perfect. You know, we set out with the best of intentions and I try to receive the day I'm having. I may not always agree with the things that are going on. And I do think that we live in this world where everything is so accessible. You're accessible. I'm accessible. Our products are accessible. Our content is very accessible. And I think the hardest the hardest part for me with this this project specifically, there have been some traditional Southern outlets that really wanted to incorporate my brand and reached out to me. And unfortunately, they erased me as the original thought pioneer in some of their content. That worries me. That drives me insane. And I've had to almost just return to my moment. I mean, I think if we live in this constant state of worry and like trying to anticipate things that haven't happened yet, we're missing the gift that's right in front of us. And I try not to lose sight of that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, yesterday to be vulnerable and honest, like it was kind of a dumpster fire of a day. You know, I carved out time. I didn't really have it, but I went to yoga and like just said no to something else and created that space for me. And 
you know, I woke up this morning, new day, new, new hope, you know, and a new set of things, you know, on my plate, but I try to navigate it with kindness and a humanity and, you know, that's all we can do. I think. I think I'm going to refer to my bad days now as dumpster fire type. Of was, it, was, it was a full dumpster fire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's just one of those things. I, and I've also at this point in my life, I'm becoming more discerning mm-hmm. in terms of what I want to be saying yes to and what I'm saying no to. And I'm saying more no's. I'm really incubating my second book. That's really important to me. There may be, you know, a, I don't, Ben and I may be expanding our family. That's really important to me. And I've had my business for eight years now, and it has been nonstop for eight years, managing projects and clients and dreams and all of these incredible things really intentionally. But now I really want, I still want those things and they're going to happen just at a slower rate for me while I focus on other areas of my life. Well, you've certainly gotten, you have enough wisdom for the both of us, I feel like, today. (laughs) uh, Perspectives, slowing down is something that sounds like a nice idea, which I'm having trouble implementing myself. (laughs) When we were having coffee, I said, are you going to slow down? And you looked at me and you were like, no. (laughs) 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 Let me just laugh at my craziness, but, um, oh my gosh. I just want you to sleep. I want you to get a little bit more sleep. I got a great night's sleep last night. I slept eight hours. Good. I'm all good. Oh, so no worry. Yeah. So no, nothing, worries. no, nothing keeping. No, eight <laughs> hours. I slept all the way till six. I couldn't believe it. And I fell asleep with all my lights on last night. Like literally all the lights on. So tired. But anyway, tell me a little bit more about the second book. Can you t- say anything about it that you're incubating? Uh, I... I'm curious, not to throw this back at you, but to throw this back at you. I'm in this process. (laughs) The creative process is really important to me. And it's something that I'm really curious about. And I like to follow that curiosity. And so I broad level, I think it's going to be something really related about creativity being a companion to healing and what that looks like. And, And how, as a photographer, we can have healthy boundaries around you know, certain elements in our, in our life, particularly, you know, the phone that we have in our pocket every day. So I don't know. We'll see. Oh my gosh. That sounds great. Hopefully Uh, it's a resourceful healing tool and it could inspire people to dive in deeper to their creative, you know, gifts. I think writing is also something so helpful as a tool, not just photography, but the writing and, you know, all of it all together. Anyway. Yeah. And when I say a chapter um, about that, (laughs) creative tools, and this can be gardening and writing and music therapy and art therapy and all of those beautiful things that we have that we don't necessarily make time for. Yeah. Amazing. Do you have advice for aspiring authors? I have advice for aspiring authors and creatives and dreamers. The biggest thing that has been grounding for me is to develop a plan and work that plan. I think that's really important. Um, there's a lot of abstract ideas around creatives and authors and writers. And I, I think it's important to be inspired by your crises. You know, you, we all have them and let that fuel creative beginnings, get clear and develop a plan and work it every day. Love it. Amazing. And just wondering, what are you reading right now? 
Anything? Yes. And it's kind of triggering me, but uh, Uh (laughs) right now I'm reading, I'm in between two books, yours. I have a a date with a girlfriend and we're starting a little book club and I'm Uh bringing her your book tomorrow, but I'm in the middle of Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. And it's good. It's hard. I mean, it's, you know, time is a construct and observing your thoughts and not judging your thoughts and returning to that undercurrent of peace. That is a daily practice. It it is a lot. (laughs) So when I'm having my dumpster fire of the day, I'm like, I don't have eternal peace right now. Oh my gosh. (laughs) No one has eternal peace. Come on. What is that? That's like, I know. I know. Yeah. Alyssa, thank you. Thanks for coming on Moms Have Time to Read Books. Thanks for your beautiful book, both the messages in the writing and the visuals and all of it. And um, I'm so glad our paths crossed. Me too. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. Bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.